Do you love watching sports highlights? Five Star, the world's first sports highlight rating app is here. Athletes and fans can share, view, and rate the best sports highlights between one and five stars. The app is comment-free and has athletes of all skill levels, even pros like Kylie O'Miller, Kyle Harrison, and the 2022 PLL MVP, Trevor Baptiste. Download Five Star Highlights to earn yours. Quintessential Podcast continues to roll through the fall. We check in across the country with the major programs. We bring in Seth Tierney, head coach of the Hofstra Pride today, and what's going to be a, a three-pronged and maybe a four-pronged podcast. We're going to talk Hofstra. We're going to talk Team USA. We're Seth's an assistant coach. We're also going to talk a little PLL. I want to start with some stories. We were class. We weren't classmates. We, we were teammates for three years at Hopkins. I tried to think of some stories I could tell today, uh, but most most are rated R. There's only a couple. There's only a couple. Seth, there's only a couple we can actually tell. Um. Yeah. No. I would. Uh, I don't know where you're going here, and uh, and what our audience is like. But you know, uh, I, I think we just say that we had we had some fun, and uh, you know, won a few games. I, I would have liked to win a few more, uh, certainly towards the end of the season. Um, but uh, you know, we certainly had some some good laughs and some memories back from our Hopkins days and our teammate days back then. We, we, we were not denied a good time. I do want to tell one story, the Thanksgiving story. Uh, we had a teammate. Let's just say we had a teammate who pulled one of the ultimate practical jokes in the history of Thanksgiving. Uh, see, at, at Hopkins, uh, back then, Thanksgiving was just like we went to school on Wednesday. I think we even had workouts on, on that Wednesday. And then uh, coach cut us free. So the weekend was just Thursday, Friday, and, and, and the weekend. And, and a lot of international students weren't given the opportunity to go home. So the uh, the student uh, the student center uh, gave away a special Thanksgiving dinner to the to the winner of a Thanksgiving uh, drawing. Uh, and so in the cafeteria, they had this big glass bowl, and you put your name and phone number in the bowl. And uh, you could win a Thanksgiving turkey and, and, and the, the, the trimmings, uh, mashed potatoes and the stuffing and, and some vegetables. So our teammate went into that glass jar and wrote down the names and phone numbers uh, of all the uh, people who were trying to win it, called them up, told them that they won the turkey. This is uh, Tuesday. Told them that they won. Congratulations. You won the turkey and the stuffing. Hey, come up to the Newton White Athletic Center, make a left, and you'll go into Don Zimmerman's office, and he'll have the turkey there for you. And what what then became a, a constant stream of students walking into Coach's office looking for a turkey. Yeah, an incredible yeah. practice, an, an incredible practical joke. Yeah, no, I mean there was a line of students uh, from what I uh, from what I heard, and uh, and. Coach Zimmerman was not thrilled that day in practice because he was uh, he was trying to explain to several, several people that he was not involved in any Thanksgiving Day raffle or giveaway. Um, and I guess the the constant barrage of students, because I guess there was more than one winner that day. And uh, and so hopefully they figured everything out. But um, it was a practical joke and uh, it did go over. Well, it gets a little bit funnier as the years go on. Uh, there's no getting around it. But um, our teammates, uh, you know, uh, certainly had a, a, a good laugh uh, that day. Never a dull moment. I want to turn things forward to Hofstra. You guys are coming off a of Kyle classic. Uh, a multi-way scrimmage, uh, Hofstra, Lehigh, Wagner, Quinnipiac. Uh, what was that day like? It was great. It was great. Again, it's almost, uh, you know, not almost, it's it's less about lacrosse and more about 
uh, life, uh, the big picture, doing things for others. Uh, you know, anytime that I've ever gone into a project, a challenge, it's always who are you doing this for? Because you'll always work harder for someone else uh, or or drive harder for another cause. And the Kalorys, the Headstrongs, um, you know, we could probably spend hours on the phone on all three of these subjects and, you know, of the meaning behind a lot of the things that I've done or have been able to do. And certainly Nick Kyle Laurie, uh, never got a chance to coach him on the field, only had a chance to, to be with him a, a few times before he passed when I got the Hofstra job. And ever since we have had the Nick Kyle Laurie event in the fall where we have participated, um, the, the amount of money that they've raised through this event over these uh, these last years um, has been astounding, you know, credit and kudos to the Kalori family. They are persistent. They are focused. They are driven. Um, and uh, and so th this this past year was nothing different. Uh, great crowd, great lacrosse. Uh, people were generous and uh, and we got a chance to uh, to to make a dent uh, in a positive way towards uh, how we could, you know, um, solve cancer uh, and do put money towards cancer research. What'd you see on the field from, from your guys? Yeah, I liked, I liked what I saw, you know, to a, to a point um, we played Wagner and Lehigh uh, the first game, you know, Wagner, I thought we got off to a, a really good start. I was happy that we were, I thought we were in more control than I thought we were going to be in the fall things get a little crazy. First time you're going against someone else, uh, things could get, go a little rogue. Um, and, and they go back to doing something that they may have a bad habit in, or we haven't drilled in the, you know, what happens when things go bad, you go back to what your, what, what your base is. And, uh, but I thought that for the most part, for a young offense, a, a, an experienced defense, I thought we were in control. Um, certainly in the first half of Wagner, uh, everybody got in. That was our goal prior, regardless of score or where we were in the game is let's get everybody, get some experience, get some film so that we can have the guys up in the office and do that. And then uh, we took a break. We had the, uh, the, the headstrong presentation, a couple other teams played, and then we finished up with Lehigh, which was uh, was a great scrimmage. Kevin Cassis does a great job there. He's been a great proponent of headstrong, and uh, and it was uh, it was two teams that were just throwing punches at each other, and uh, we both, you know, when we shook hands, that was a great fall scrimmage. Lehigh uh, scrimmage Virginia also, and apparently uh, they they were ready to rock and roll for that scrimmage. Uh, I want to ask you about the the number twenty seven, uh, Nicola Lori's number. You handed it out to Corey Kale, who's who's a, a, a shorty on your team. What 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 goes along with with wearing the number twenty seven at Hofstra? Really everything, Quint. I mean, it is uh, it is a number that. It, it's above a C on your sweater. If you were playing hockey, it is, uh, it's something that we haven't retired that number because we want that number to live on. And, uh, and so um, if we retired a number, nobody's talking as much about <clears throat> the retiring of 26 and Doug Shanahan, who was an unbelievable player, but every year and at every event that Headstrong's at, People bring up number 27 at Hofstra. And then again, it is a process that the coaches go through. We allow the, the teammates to vote. Uh, who do you think would be a number 27? Who is this overachieving uh, person that just is a wonderful teammate, um, will, will sacrifice everything to for his team and his teammates? 
Um, and again, just all the traits of Nick Kyle Laurie, uh, when Joe Amplo was here, he had a double vote uh, because he recruited him and he was part of, of Nick being here. Kevin Unterstein had a double vote. Uh, and now John Gorman, who was a teammate here, um, you know, he has he knows uh, Nick Calori the best. So he has a double vote. And so he usually, you know, pushes it over the top. And Corey Kale uh, in his sixth year now here um, just shows the same traits that that Nick has. You, you mentioned uh, a veteran defense. Let's let's start there. Who, who do you bring back uh, and who, who's who's going to stand out in 2023? Yeah, we've got three real three fifth year seniors that are are here. And right now they're our starting defense of what's going on. Tim Hegarty, Tom Ford and Danny Oaks are the three guys right now. Uh, we do have a transfer coming in in January. He's graduating uh, and will be joining us. And we think that he'll be, you know, uh, certainly a player in that rotation or maybe even take one of those spots. Um, and we've got a couple of younger guys that are moving forward in John Recker, uh, Blake Cooling, and uh, and Kiernan. Uh, you know those guys are are those. You know they're the they're the group at this point that have shown that they are going to be in the mix of some playing time. While some other guys may just need a year on the scout team or pop up into that rotation as we move through the fall and then into preseason. Fed up with the same old generic lacrosse clothing. Check out Hobo Lacks, the new up-and-coming lacrosse streetwear company, making even the dustiest of players look drippier than a chocolate sundae. Visit www.hobolax.com and use code QUINT to get 50% off your first purchase. That's Hobolax, H-O-B-O-L-A-X.com and the code QUINT, Q-U-I-N-T, all caps, for 15% off your first purchase. I got your offense returning four out of the top five guys. Is that accurate? Uh, yes. Uh, Dylan yeah. McIntosh is not coming back. Dil Dylan McIntosh should be the only guy. I got uh, Gerard Kane, yep. uh, big 6'2", 225 out of Georgia transfer. Put uh, I think he was the leading scorer last year. I got Rory Jones, Yep. Uh, Matt Elder from Texas, and then Justin Sykes from Ontario. That, yeah, uh, that's, are, it, it, sounds like, it sounds like you guys are going to take a big step forward this year. It could be, uh, and we're hopeful. Uh, last year, we got bit by the injury bug. I, I, every team has goes through that each year. Um, this one was a little bit of a wallop. I think we had uh, we had seven shoulders and none during practice, all during games. Which I I mentioned that because normally injuries happen during practice and less during games, and then two ACLs on top of that. And a lot of our guys were were starters at the time, so it was. Uh, you know, guys like Gerard Kane, guys like Rory Jones, they stepped up last year in those spots and did a great job. Those two guys were freshmen, uh, older freshmen, but freshmen nonetheless last year. And they've come back in a positive way. Uh, and we picked up, you know, some some experience. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Those guys played well this summer, this uh, this fall. I've been down in Texas maybe five times this fall already. Uh, TCU at Texas. At SMU last week, I was at Texas A&M, you know, so you fly into Houston and, and you drive up to College Station. I believe Matt Elder is from the Woodlands. Uh, not, not, Matt, not Matt Elder. Matt Elder is a uh, North Carolina guy, but we, oh, North do have, we do have some guys down, you know, from that area. Diego Zimmerman is a Woodlands guy. I don't know if uh, maybe there was a misprint somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what, what, that's what it is. Yep. We, uh, we have uh, the, the head coach of the Woodlands is Andres Dick Manis. And he is a, a Hofstra lacrosse alum, um, so he keeps us updated, uh, and we get a chance to see his kids play. Um, 
but we have, uh, you know, a couple of guys and we have a couple of guys from the Florida area. We have one transfer from Jacksonville, um, you know, Trevor, Natalie. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're hopeful. And again, the transfer from BU coming in, uh, John Spiropolis, he's actually a St. Paul's defenseman uh, down from your area there that went up to BU and, uh, and, and now he's going to finish up his grad two years of eligibility with us uh, starting in the, uh, starting in the spring. My new area. My new area is the 410, uh, being a 516er like yourself. You know, the, the Hofstra roster back in the day was mostly Nassau and Suffolk. Uh, really, you know, from our era, probably into the early 2000s. Uh, but you've really sprouted and 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 taken it national. Well, what's that been like, uh, you know, in terms of recruiting and, and the way, A, the game has grown and the way, B, you've got to market your program? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, we've gotten – you know, we, we head north of the border uh, with guys like Adrian Sorichetti, Jay Card, Josh Byrne. He scored a few goals out on that field over there. And uh, and so, you know, we've had some success. And I want to say success in these guys having a great experience, uh, graduating, uh, being supported correctly, uh, feeling like they're part of something bigger than themselves. And so that part of helps recruiting as well. And then, you know, as you know, because you're on the sidelines and you you watch, you know, probably more lacrosse than a lot of people out there. This game is growing in the Californias, the Texas, the Colorados, you know, uh, the middle of the country. You know, the things that Bill Tierney did when he went out to Denver and even before then. And and you got guys that are relocating uh, in different areas and growing the sport at the youth stage. Uh, you know, it's growing south. It's growing north. It's growing west. Um, and so, you know, it's, uh, it, it's great to see, uh, but when we go to these recruiting events, um, we make sure that we look at everybody, certainly, you know, Long Island guys, they know what Hofstra is about, but everybody, you know, there, there are people out there that they want to experience different things. So even when you and I went to, went to Hopkins, we did have some Baltimore people, but we also had some people from further away. Uh, some people wanted to get out of Baltimore at that point in time and maybe experience, experience something different. Your schedule's up on the website. Uh, I want to start just non-conference. It's challenging. Uh, Syracuse, Villanova, Michigan, an improving Navy team. Uh, add to that CAA realignment, which is going to be really interesting. I think Delaware's the team to beat, but you add Hampton and Stony Brook. And, and what, a, what a rivalry your game with Stony Brook has become. And now it's a league game. That, that's awesome. Monmouth is in the league, and I got UMass vacating the league is is that accurate i'm, I'm yeah. still trying to grasp realignment oh, it's, it's highly wild. significant this year yeah it's been musical chairs uh you know a little bit with this realignment and uh but uh umass did go to the atlantic 10 they have their own conference now um and that kind of aligns with the rest of their school and the rest of their sports um we did pick up monmouth stony brook and hampton uh so it, you know we added two teams with the loss added three teams but with the loss of umass it's two additional competitions there um delaware's got a lot of guys returning you know we were fortunate enough to uh to beat them at their place uh this past year uh, then they went on you know a a pretty good run and and ended up beating georgetown and and having a run into the into the ncaa's um towson you know drexel uh, Fairfield's getting better. And then certainly you mentioned the out of conference, you know, at, in a conference like the CAA uh, in years past, we've had two teams. Um, you know, we've had a, you know, the, the champion of the, the, the CAA and an at large, 
And at times that's become spotty because either some conferences didn't have one an ACC or a, a Big Ten. And uh, the, with the emergence of the Ivy League having some great teams over the last couple of years, it's harder to get that at large spot. So now it was a little bit of a shift. Let's make the the out of conference pretty hard. Uh, let's get challenged. And then let's prepare ourselves for what the in-conference is going to be, which we know it's a lot of really good teams, and it's the teams that show up during the tournament. Always, the CAA is always a great race. I, I want to shift gears to Team USA, where you're an assistant coach for John Donowski. Uh, again, uh, the World Games coming up uh, this summer, 2023, uh, out west, San Diego, uh, L.A. area. Uh, the, the tryout process, I believe, has one more phase left. You guys brought 50 players to U.S. Uh, lacrosse in uh, late September, September 23rd to 25th. And, I mean, it's a who's who. It's, it's an incredible list of players. Uh, what's it like for you to transition from college to dealing with uh, the high-end player uh, who, who's, uh, who's vying for a spot on uh, a 23-man roster for Team USA? Yeah, it's it's a it's a humbling experience. Very thankful uh, that, you know, back in you know, probably 2015 is when this thing started before the 2018 games in Israel. Um, and then, you know, there really hasn't been any history of a staff returning um, and U.S. lacrosse made a decision probably with some feedback that maybe we should have like the coach K of basketball who was in charge of USA basketball and got a chance to, to put in his culture and have um, some history involved there and year after year. So everybody knew and what to expect. They invited coach Donowski back and coach Amplo and I stayed along as, you know, his wingmen. Uh, we picked up Charlie Toomey this time uh, instead of Tony Resch. And, and you're correct. We have one more event um, we have, uh, we have been, this, this process has been a lot different than the first process with the pandemic, with a lot less events to, uh, evaluate, um, you know, the fortunate part is the PLL and the exposure. And I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. And, uh, and a little bit of my role with the PLL, I get a chance to evaluate almost every week on not only the lacrosse part, but how guys handle themselves on and off the field coachability. And, and I also know coach Donowski very well and, and what's important in, uh, in when he's picking a player to be part of something that he's with. So uh, I, that, that part of it's been a good middle spot for me. Um, you know, you were there in, in 18 covering the games in, in Israel and what a, what a magical ending. Um, it is a, it's a wonderful tournament. Um, you know, it's a different game. It's an, it's, it's even gotten much more different than the PLL game. So for all of those viewers out there, when, uh, you know, sometime in December, when we announced the team, it, it may not look like a PLL all-star team because the game is different and we need people to fit different roles and, you know, running time. Yes. No shot clock. Uh, holding the ball, uh, trying to get to double digits and goals. Um, who's going to buy into that? Who's going to take that bad angle shot instead of sending it behind the goal and living to see another day out the other side? Um, all those things are going to come into play. And uh, and but we've got a great group of 50, like you said, 50 or so. And we've told them and Coach Danowski's deal, they all made the team. We have to announce the 23 that will travel uh, in December or early January. And then if there are any injuries, uh, last time Stephen Danapoli uh, had a knee injury and Will Hawes came in and filled his spot. 
Uh, we weren't sure if we were going to take Fletcher from Loyola, who had an injury. We ended up taking him. And so there could be some changes after we set the roster. And then we are looking forward to certainly getting back to training camp with those 23 and then putting in our game plan of everything going forward, uh, what to expect from all the teams and, uh, and, and go forward from there. But it's been a, I, I couldn't be more thankful and more humble uh, to wear red, white, and blue um, again this summer. If you're a listener to this podcast, you know, we had Charlie Toomey on last week, loyal head coach, uh, Lars Tiffany, who's going to be coaching the Iroquois was on a few weeks ago as well. And Andy Shea, who coached the USA team in sixes over the summer, uh, he was a guest a few weeks back as well. And and you mentioned tempos. Like we got the sixes discipline right now, which is lacrosse on Red Bull. We got the PLL pace with with a with a shot clock. It's uh, action packed. Then like college pace and the world championship pace is the slowest of those. Uh, this is going to be a low possession affair. And, and I look at your roster, man, I just pulled the attack, Seth, and I wrote down some of these names. I mean, you're talking about potential Hall of Famers. I've got, uh, what, uh, 13 of them, are, you know, and they're all outstanding players. I, I, and to me, I guess the question is, everybody's good enough to make the team. I think you got to find combinations and, and the three-man combinations that bring out the best in one another. I guess, do you pick personnel and then say, we're going to play to that person? Or do you say, hey, this is how we're going to play. I need to plug in some guys. Because, like. I, I just write the lefties down, Kieran McCardle, Will Manny, Brennan O'Neill, Matt Rambo, Logan Wisnowskis. Like, those are the lefties. You got guys who can play behind the net, Michael Sowers, Grant Amon, Rob Pinnell, like Connor Schellenberger. I mean, you could build an attack in a lot of different ways. And I haven't even mentioned the righties like, you know, Marcus Holman, who can finish Matt Moore, uh, Asher Nolting, uh, or Chris Gray. Like, it's insane. You, you, I could come up with 10 different rosters and nobody would blink and you'd be you could be successful with all 10 yeah i mean i think people are going to blink because everybody with social media someone's going to have something to say and, and and we'll see how things go but you're right quint i mean listen the you know we can pick a lot of different teams and a lot of different combinations and it goes down to balance like last time you know i think maybe even people questioned you know do ryan brown is a shooter do you just take a shooter well it worked out pretty well you know when you surround him with guys like jordan wolf and rob pinnell and and this year will be a little bit different you know uh ryan brown isn't part of it he's moved on in in his life and now it's going to be you know like, much like you said we're going to need to pick a few attackmen some are going to have to be r's some are going to have to be l's to have to balance the field and then some are going to have to be O's instead of A's and M's. A lot of these guys have to be O's where they're just offensive players, because this time around, we may only take nine offensive players to San Diego, right? Last year, last time we took 10 and, but you know, we, we may end up taking an extra short stick D midi instead of an extra offensive player, knowing the brutal nature of being dodged all the time as a short stick D midi. And if you only bring three and someone gets nicked up, can you win this tournament with only two short stick D middies, right? So these are the conversations that we're having. And then you go, all right, well, if, if this guy makes the team and something happens to him, who's his backup? And if this guy makes the team, can he give us a run at the midfield? Can he give us a run at, at being a left-handed attackman? Can he be a left-handed midfielder? And so it's more about balance and, and, and picking out some safe plays of what's going to take place uh, if, 
And, you know, if this happens, then we do this. And so there's a lot of those conversations that take place with the staff. Um, there's a, yeah, as you, as you can imagine, and you just pointed out, there's a lot, almost every guy is on the bubble right now. Right. So, you know, it's not like years ago where you have this bubble game where, you know, you're watching one game, we're still evaluating this whole entire group. And then we're going to figure it out. Now we do, do we have some people that we've liked because they played well in the PLL or they played well in the last couple of uh, USA events? Sure. But we still have one more. We've got two scrimmages down in Orlando in front of all the coaches and the tournament that they run down there. So all the kids that get, get a chance to, uh, to, to go down there, they'll watch team USA uh, live. And then the, the hardest meeting of my USA time is that meeting where we close the door with the four coaches and we, and we fight and we brawl. And at the end, we all shake hands and we hug and we say, these are our guys win, lose a draw. We look across the locker room and we are happy and proud that we brought these guys. Now there's a lot more than 23 that we could do that with. That's what makes this so challenging. Low possession games going to need more than two short stick defensive middies and three, as you said, if somebody gets hurt, that that's where I'm seeing, even at the college level, Teams that invest in depth in that position are going to be better suited to it's the rigors of the position. It's the hardest position to play physically. Uh, you know, it was interesting when the PLL was at Hofstra. Uh, I was calling the games from up top that that weekend and Coach Danowski was there watching every second, every inch. And he was often in the press box in the right. And every halftime I would go down and, and we discuss uh, what we're what we're seeing, what we're watching. And, and I think it's uh Tremendous value added to the process that you know the league so well. You're at every game. You see all the action. Uh, you, you know what the players are like on and off the field and that Coach Dino's invested in studying this massive body of work that can't be ignored. So I, I think that's a huge positive. With that, I do want to swing it to, to the PLL. Uh, you're, you're very much uh, a, a part of that league last summer. Uh, game day ops, uh, working so closely with Matt Palum in terms of a lot of the calls on the field. What, what's your experience been like? Uh, why do you think it's been beneficial for you? Uh, it, my experience has been awesome. I couldn't be more thankful uh, to the PLL. Uh, this thing started uh, because of a broken down bus somewhere in the Middle East of Israel, uh, where we were waiting for another bus after we were leave, leaving Mr. Kraft's uh, sports facility and and doing a, a, a little bit of a scrimmage and a um, uh, going through some station work with team Hong Kong, uh, the bus broke down and, and Paul Rabel, uh, was sitting at a table and, you know, uh, in a, in a bakery. And, uh, I sat down next to him and he floated this idea of starting a new professional lacrosse league. And, um, would I like to, to be part of it? And, you know, as Paul's one of Paul's coaches at Hopkins, and then now being Paul's coach with team USA, uh, the only, the only thought I had was, let's uh, I don't want you to find a position for me, but if there's a position that you think I naturally would fit in and benefit the league, then let's do that. I don't want to be someone's old uncle in the corner and we're just trying to find him a spot. And it has morphed from um, the, the, you know, the head of uh, you know, a, a committee um, and, and, and doing certain things to really just being on a lot of different phone calls and, and being a counselor uh, and advising certain scenarios, not just the advisory board, but, you know, um, the, the people that were wrapped around when, when lacrosse first, when the PLL first started, uh, Rob Sanzillo was the head of legal and, and he was a baseball guy and he needed, you know, to learn the lacrosse world. And so we worked really close together. Andrew Sinnenberg, a lacrosse guy, you know, he's up at the top and those guys do an unbelievable job. And I, I just want to give a shout out to the Ravers, Rabels because they, 
on game day, they'll go behind the concession stand and they will serve beer and Zeppelis just to make sure that the, the fans have a great experience right there out in the open with these people. And that's what it takes to do to make this business happen. And then transitioning back to me, um, I, I just hope that I'm like a preventer, uh, someone that's had some experience on a lacrosse field and can prevent problems from happening. I've got a lot of great relationships. So ultimately, anytime you grow a business, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be bumps. And maybe it's uh, walking across a field with a coach, uh, a player, uh, an employee of the PLL and just say, hey, maybe you're right. But in this situation, there's a bigger picture and, and explain to them what they need to know and understand what's going on. And sometimes it's Matt Palom and, and the officials, right? I mean, uh, those guys do an unbelievable job. We have great chemistry on the sideline when there's a questionable call. And, uh, and again, we try to pr provide the, the country and the world with this unbelievable lacrosse product and the PLL, the social media, all the people involved, Rachel DiCecco, all these people uh, that, that deserve a shout out, they're, they're putting on one hell of a show. Yeah, you, you've always been the problem solver. Uh, at the PLL level right now, dealing with the refs, the players, travel issues, logistics. Uh, but you have always been able, even when you were in college, to uh, handle uh, a bigger workload than, than most humans. Like you, you, you had a deli, you had a restaurant, you're in Team USA, you're in the PLL. Like, you thrive on activity. You thrive on your, your brain does not move slow. Like uh, you're not the type of guy who's going to go play a round of golf to, to mellow out. You'd much rather be at a lacrosse event. You'd much rather be doing something uh, actively. What, where, where, where does that trait, where does that trait emanate? From? Where does it come from? I, I think probably both my parents, um, you know, I, I don't share my, my personal story a whole lot, but uh, you know, I never slept in a house together with both my mother and father, they were divorced before I was born, right before I was born. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Was it a little bit different? Sure. Um, but my father was a go-getter. Uh, he was a New York city fireman and he had things on the side and, you know, he wasn't great. I mean, when he, when he went on vacation, he was in vacation mode, but after that it was go, go, go. And my mother, as you know, she brought me up almost as a, as a single parent, uh, there was no time. You had to work. You had to be a parent. Uh, you know, at that time she had to be both parents and that wasn't an easy role. After being a parent now, you're being a parent. Can you imagine doing your job with just one, with all of the things that take place? Um, so I, I think that's the case. And then certainly my wife is, is a saint. Uh, you know, she, uh, she basically raised those kids when I was on the road doing either recruiting or working for someone else, but she's always said, follow your passion. And, uh, and again, having, you know, Hofstra, uh, allow me to, to do what I do here. Uh, the PLL is just a small piece, but I will tell you, I, I enjoy it. I, the PLL is about the people and the product and, and leaving this game a better, in a better way than, than I found it and team USA I mean, uh, you know, obviously there's there's pressure to win that gold medal and we'll be working hard for it. But uh, the honor of wearing those colors, uh, I've been a very fortunate and lucky guy. You mentioned your wife, Maureen. Uh, Ryan has, has played in the league after a, a record setting career at Hofstra. Erin, I'm thinking, is either a senior or is she done now at Hofstra? Erin, um, she chose not to play in her fifth year. She's had some ankle injuries. She was the captain of the women's team last year. Uh, she's had an occupation change. 
um, or a, a career change. She was going to be um, an occupational therapist for some handicapped children. And she has now shifted to go, wanting to go to PA school. So uh, she's taking just to catch up on two classes. She's taking two online classes now. She's got some applications in and she's hopeful to be in PA school in the next couple of months. And uh, and and she wants to help people. So uh, again, awfully proud. Ryan's in the business world. He's in the PLL and we'll see how everything plays out. But again, my family has been everything to me. Uh, my work environment here at Hofstra, uh, the PLL USA, everything that I've always been a part of, there's always been a team of great people that has surrounded me. And they basically said, you do you. And that's what we need. You know, we, we don't want to give you this job description because we would rather just you do you. And, uh, and I've been fortunate to be around people that allowed me to do that. Wanted dead or alive, Hoplax 13, the one and only Seth Tierney. Thank you so much for the time today, Seth. Looking forward to watching Hofstra play this year. I think you guys are sitting on a, on a good year. Uh, you returned that defense. You got some scorers back. I think all signs point to a strong season. Appreciate the time, Seth. Loved uh, seeing you all summer long. It was really the most rewarding thing about the summer was seeing guys like you, Matt Panetta, uh, Booger, you know, uh, Andy Towers, Andy Copeland, you know, people that we've, uh, we've been together for, for decades. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it.